0: episode number three in this episode we're going to spend quite a bit of time talking about resilience resilience the process of adapting well in the face of adversity trauma tragedy or any significant emotional physical event stresses are triggered in the workplace from our finances to a world pandemic wherever or whatever it might come from it knocks you off your game and your job is to climb right back up Human interaction with customers is very hard to do now in this COVID-19 world. But for our frontline workers and first responders, it remains a high priority, a necessity. They must remain steadfast in their focus on providing those they serve with what they need. And what they need is to be treated for, cared for, and attended to with hands-on approach. I mean, literally, social distancing or working remotely are not options. My next guest is a first responder. As a paramedic, she's encountered all kinds of call-outs from horrific and gruesome to simple and less invasive treatment. She lives through the heartache and the frustration on the front lines in the service of others. Mental wellness is a big concern, but building resiliency is really critical. Emergency medical services are regularly called to deal with COVID-positive or COVID-suspected patients, which places them in direct harm's way and continually at risk. Yet every day, they have to show up in the face of these dangers ready to perform. My next guest is also Millennial, who has serious concerns outside of her profession, concerns about the current state of the environment, sustainability, climate change, as well as finding and maintaining an affordable living against the ever-rising cost of living exacerbated by the pandemic. Despite what she's up against, research from a 2020 Deloitte Global Millennial survey reveals that her generation, the Millennials, is the resilient generation in the face of an unprecedented health and economic disruption caused by COVID-19. And the Millennials, along with the next generation, Gen Zs, quote, hold the key to creating a better normal. This is a conversation with Kelsey Lee. So, Kelsey, welcome. I have to confess before we even get into this, Kelsey was not randomly chosen among emergency medical service personnel to participate in this podcast. She is, in fact, my beloved stepdaughter, and I have been honored to be a part of her life since she was about a little over the age of two. And even from a young age, Kelsey has demonstrated resilience. It may have been observed at the time as stubborn focus or unrelenting determination, whatever the hell she put her mind to, but this was a sure example of a woman who has got determination. And just give you a case in point. On a hike in Canaskis Park, Alberta, (laughs) maybe the age of seven, I can't remember, but you were young, carried a rock up a hillside and that thing was probably a good five Five, seven pounds for a uh, a young girl. I would like to think that it was like 20 pounds. 20 pounds. You were just practicing (laughs) for your career. And it didn't matter how heavy that rock was or how much heavier it got the further we climbed up that hillside. But you were determined to carry it to the very end. Because once committed to do something, there was no stopping. There was no backing down. There was no asking for help. And it was just something that you had to do and would get it done. And it wasn't apparent then, but it is today. This mindset has probably served you well. And I would say that standing back and looking at it, this is the characteristic of a young woman who has resilience. So, But we're gonna go right back in time. And I want you to paint a picture of exactly um, how it was for 2020 and responding to those call-outs related to COVID or, or just any call-outs. Paint us a picture.
1: Yeah I feel like it was a little more fright like we kind of went full PPE from the get-go like anything that had anything like you've had a little bit of sniffles for half an hour like we're getting gowned up kind of thing. So full PPE includes like uh, gloves, gown, safety glasses, face shield, and then a full N95 mask. Um, And, like, I feel like I sweat a lot as compared to the average person, but (laughs)
0: when you- You're too young
1: for midlife. (laughs) (laughs) Super unbreathable uh, uniforms on top of a, like, plastic gown. It's just, like, (laughs) get gowned up, you go in and- treat patients a lot of these people it's not even COVID you know like it's a lot of things like people could say they're short of breath because they're hyperventilating because they're anxious and then you Mm -hmm. have to go down or you know whatever it is um but yeah I mean you treat people the best you can and then we so kind of you treat them in the house as little like as much as possible we're kind of trying to get stuff done so that there's less being brought into the truck or some people are doing it differently where they're not bringing anything into the house and they're just bringing people straight into the truck and then isolating it all into so there you kind of find a way to like isolate the amount of exposure you're having to like your equipment to you to everyone around that kind of thing But so once you're in the truck and we're ready to go then whoever's driving has to get out and then you have to fully doff all your PPE and because we don't have you know a nice little section like they do at the hospital or at nursing homes or whatever we've kind of made our own little doffing area that's in a cabinet outside of the truck so when you're super sweaty and taking off everything in like minus 30 is <laughs> <Ugh>. so <laughs> And you have to like, you have to wash your hands every single time you take something off. So you take your gloves off, you wash your hands, take your gown off, you wash your hands, take your face shield off, you wash your hands. So it's like that. And so yeah, then you can go to the hospital and then especially at the beginning and still now every hospital in Calgary, at least has kind of a different protocol with how we go about things when we get there. So it's definitely frustrating at first and still can be because There's no consistency, like it's like what you do at one hospital, then you go to do that in another one and you get yelled at because they're like, why are you in here? You're supposed to be out there. And It's like the communication process with all this is frustrating, to say the least. I was going to ask you about that too, because it occurred to me that the
0: frustration of the job alone, the demands of the job alone and the stresses is one thing, but the changing protocols. Or having to switch techniques and, and your regime on the fly sort of thing. That's mm-hmm. got to have its toll.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think anxiety and stress came from, it's just the unknown. Like you're coming into work every day and you don't know, like, you know, what I did yesterday. Maybe that's not going to be the same today or Even like a lot of things in our scope and stuff that we did changed because they are trying to limit exposure. Then you're questioning yourself on calls where it's like, you know, is, do I risk the exposure for better patient care or do I go with what these new protocols are and, you know, try to limit exposure? Like it's this constant and back and forth where you're like, am I doing the right thing for my patient? And am I doing the right thing for me and my partner and for everyone around
0: and I was very curious just to see what kind of data and research has been done on this in your profession and in the field of stress and anxiety related to COVID. And it was an article I came across in the Canadian Medical Health Association (CMHA), the Alberta Division, um, and they did a study uh, in a partnership with OSI Can, OSI Can. An organization that facilitates peer support relationship building for first responders, military and public safety personnel dealing with operational stress injuries, which is also known as OSI, and um, post-traumatic stress injuries, PTSI. It was noted by one of the first responders that responded to this study that they had said repeatedly living with increased tension and unease, anxiety and angst. In their job, much of which comes from the rapidly changing guidelines, as well as, as you noted, the long term um, or the long hours wearing full personal protection equipment and the repeated exposure to suspected or confirmed COVID cases. Self care for you must be so critical just to balance all those variables alone. So, how do you decompress after a tough call up in a long day? Have you found effective strategies? Which ones serve you? And which ones don't?
1: <laughs> I think everyone in um, EMS and healthcare would agree that alcohol got used a lot. <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm not saying that that's the healthy way, but it's <laughs> definitely those days like coming home after a 13 hour night shift and you're having like shower wine (laughs) or beer whatever (laughs) um yeah but I actually like this year it's been good because I not being able to travel I mean traveling has always been my I love traveling and like that's what keeps me kind of going a lot of times is like I'm Waiting for this trip. I'm waiting to get out. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, not having those this year, it kind of has forced me to, in a good way, discover more of Alberta. And because I think, as you know, like I love BC and from BC, I find every opportunity to get to the ocean or the mm-hmm. Okanagan. I also got back into yoga again, which has been extremely good. And I started meditating. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> and I like, I feel like anytime I did yoga previously, it was always in a class. And I wasn't ever sure if I'd really like super get into it at home. But now that I've started doing a lot more classes at home, I love it. Like I feel like I'm it's my time where I have a hard time just shutting my brain off. most mm. times. Yeah. So even if it's my like, I do a 20 minute fast flow class like it just gives me that time to like shut my brain off and there's times where you're like I'm coming out of my relaxation and it's almost like a high like you're just like fully relaxed finally yes no I just it's um I mean like working out has always been a big thing for me too but I definitely struggled with the home workouts like I have a different vibe when I'm at the gym like I have my headphones in and I get in my you know zone and I know what I'm doing but I don't know yeah doing like yoga and meditation has yeah been a different game changer for me mentally I think for sure
0: I'm so glad that you identified that and and came across it on your own volition and your own discovery because really yoga finding yoga meditation is a a journey into itself of self-discovery and it is not a religion in fact it is just as said guru who is a um, well I'll mention him later on this podcast So stick around <laughs> listeners he it's it's really the vehicle the mechanism for us to go through this inner engineering which I'm going to, to uh, discuss a little bit further too Yoga, the transitions are constant. You're moving from one posture with your breath, finding the flow, moving to another posture. And that is a reflection of life too. It's a matter of transitioning through a situation. Yoga is trying to teach us to take the benefits and the, and the practice of yoga into everyday life. Deep inhale, long exhale. Truly the world needs more yoga and we're seeing that more and more in a time of deep uncertainty not just from COVID-19 but we've ushered in 2021 Alberta Calgary specifically where Kelsey you're from had seen a terrible tragedy on the late hours of December 31st a police officer killed and then we see the atrocities in the United States on January 6th which happens to be a day to go down in history not just for uh it being your birthday but it sure marked um
1: I mean, that is a historic day just
0: on its, own. it's a historic day regardless and now it's just made it more historical but not to dwell on the negative but we truly are starting to understand more and more the benefits of finding yoga um what if i can ask what what are you using are you doing your own study your own practice at home or are you following a favorite app
1: um, well, I actually just got put onto an app that was recommended by you that I'm very much liking. Um, the Allo Moves app, which is All great. Moves. And, um meditation and it has yoga classes. I mean it has some fitness classes too that I haven't really looked into because I do have like a home fitness program that I follow on my own that my lovely partner at work creates for me um but I like this one because it has like tons like there's thousands of classes like that I can look from like if I only have 20 minutes that day to kind of do it then I can or if I want to do an hour or whichever same with like Spotify has so many different um like meditation Mm -hmm. podcasts and stuff to listen to like never ending so Mm -hmm. yeah and even like a lot of times too like you know, when you get into it, like there's times where I'll just do it on my own. Like I'll dedicate 10 minutes to myself and just like work on my breath work. And so important to take that time every day, whether it's like three minutes that I have or 10 minutes or whatever, like I, especially usually like before or after work for sure, just to like have that as me time, which I, like it's a little selfish because i'm single and don't have kids there are really a lot of responsibilities so i technically have a lot of me time but
0: i love that you said maybe even just 10 minutes so anybody who's thinking about getting into yoga and meditation a little bit more and thinks oh my god i gotta dedicate i gotta get that i gotta get the gear i gotta get the mat i've gotta get the no no you don't you can carve out five minutes even the amount of time that it takes to consciously take a deep breath in visualize where the breath is going in the body feel the sensation of the breath entering and then a full exhale don't hold it on the exhale but just let it all out like you're releasing tension and all that doesn't serve you that's a, that's all yeah. a little micro movement so start small and so i appreciate that you you have shared that even finding that 10 minutes in your day
1: But you find like when I'm overwhelmed or whatever, like whatever's going on, if it's like some chaotic call or like you just ended a call of, you know, some drunk asshole yelling at you or whatever, like you take that like one minute to just breathe and only think about breathing and like, it's a, it's a game changer.
0: A game changer. (laughs) You know, I, I'm going to go back to that report and I'm going to be flipping back and forth here. I'm just so super excited to have this opportunity, Kelsey, to talk with you because of the profession you're in and that your generation has just made all these great discoveries. And, you know, the Deloitte research um, study did say something about the resilient generation. And one of the reasons why you are tagged the resilient generation is that, quote, you have enjoyed the unexpected benefits of slowing down and finding new ways to connect with faraway friends and family and, you know, or just be that with your your practice, your own me time, self-care. So I would further argue that we're connecting not just with friends and families, perhaps via Zoom, like we're doing right now, but with ourselves, which you alluded to. And there's so much to be said about the treatment of mental and emotional benefits of mindfulness and yoga and meditation which we've talked about. So I went further digging into this hypothesis of mine and I found a few articles, many dated before the pandemic, um, but all reiterate the same message. Millennials year for stability inside and out is now. Your generation longs for serenity that comes with meditation yoga and it forces them to put down digital devices and be more present in the moment to create that awareness or self-awareness. On the flip side, on the contrary, because you're very digitally connected, the fitness revolution um, has taken this great transformation from the brick and mortar studios to on-demand and streaming classes, like you had said, the one that you're using, ALO Moves, A-L-O Moves. It's a good <laughs> shout out for that app. I love it too. And so, and millennials are also finding access to many online community groups and apps for their practice. How do you support your fellow paramedics and teammates and colleagues, whether they're first responders or firefighters or police? Like, are, are you there for them? Or are you, at times you're just so frustrated, you just want to beat the shit out of them?
1: <laughs> um, I think it's a little bit of both. I think, and that's even like pre-COVID, that's, you know, especially now, like, the ambulance bay or the <laughs> medic room that we have at hospitals is like our airing of the grievances, like the rant room, like pretty much anytime you're in there with another person, you'll be either listening to them rant about something, you're ranting about something, there's 10 people ranting about something, like, and I think it's just a way of, a lot of times it's, you know, can have a negative energy, but at the same time, I think it's just a way of us getting it out. Like people need to be around other people that it's different to go home or to go to, you know, your family and stuff and talk about it, but to have people that are in it with you and who get it. Yes. Like a completely different thing, you know, like sitting there and listening, I think is a huge way of supporting people like just to sit and listen to and let somebody vent and get it all out or whatever like a lot of times people just need to you just need to get it out it's been different for me because I actually moved from Calgary metro to high river Mm -hmm. um this year kind of in June um and I've always had a very good relationship with fire and police in the city so I kind of expected that to just transition into my rural life but we definitely had a harder time connecting with fire and police rurally. so it's it is different like it just is a different dynamic on calls it's different like you know like a lot of times you know in the city like I would know a lot of these guys girls know that we're going on calls with and you can say like you know oh how's your night you know how's things going how are you doing just little things like that makes a difference right to just have that little those little connections and stuff like that especially in like quarantine when I feel like we're lucky to a sense that we you know we're all still working but we all are able to still talk to a lot of people like you're just around people all the time still which a lot of people don't have the luxury of a lot of people are kind of stuck at home or they can't go or they're you know they're only seeing people so we are lucky to an extent that like yeah I can see my friends and family but I was still getting to connect with my my work family
0: very important yeah that connection wherever we are that sense of belonging as well we're going to flip back again to the resilient generation I'm just fascinated with this too (laughs) you know and and so I'm going to go back to that. And I said it in the beginning too that the Deloitte study revealed that in the face of unprecedented health and economic disruption caused by COVID 19, millennials and Gen Zs express resolve and a vision to build a better future.
1: Would you agree with that? I would agree with that. Like, I think some of the awesome things that I've seen out of this pandemic and quarantine is so many people that are finding a way, like figuring out whether it's making their own at-home businesses, supporting local. And I think that there's a lot of millennials that are in that group. And I think our generation is huge for making a better future. Like there's millennials and Gen Zs especially are huge behind a lot of these environmental either protests. Also in that research study,
0: the resilient generation is recognized for their defining issues. And you had said that climate change. So, and not even the pandemic in this research said has really deterred their focus, their determination to do, to make a difference. To conduct yourself in a way that is more sustainable or create some stability for yourself?
1: Uh, I think I try really hard to. <laughs> um, obviously I drive a car long distances and I'm sure I have other things that I contribute to Unhealthy environmental things. I'm not perfect. Um, We also don't live in a world yet where we're able to fully live cleanly and sustainably without these other things. I hope that one day we do, but we are reliant on it to a certain point now. Um, Anybody who knows me knows that I carry my water bottle with me anywhere and everywhere I go. I kind of try and only one piece to this huge puzzle just try to live as responsibly as possible buying recycled things like my yoga blocks are recycled cork actually yes <laughs> And just trying to find things like that are made of recycled goods or that can be recycled or I if I had the possibility I would love to start like a vegetable garden and start growing my own stuff and finding ways Good. that way to be resourceful Unfortunately, live in a condo, so it's not super plausible. But
0: (laughs) I'm the one lone cherry tomato (laughs) on your. (laughs) But, But small efforts by everybody on a global scale can make the difference. Can make a dent. So what? do you believe is the most misunderstood quality about your generation that you wish that the world would better understand? And that's along the same lines of um, what do you believe is the most misunderstood quality about your job, your profession, and what do you think the world and communities that you serve would better understand?
1: I feel like the biggest thing that I hear about millennials that drives me nuts is that we're lazy. Group of people (laughs) for starters, like I feel like it's really hard to group an entire class of people and say that they're all the same. Like, anyone that's 24 to 39 years old, you're all resilient or you're all lazy, you're all this, you're all that. Like, I don't necessarily subscribe to that. Like, to an extent, I didn't have social media up until a year ago, so as a millennial, that's a little odd. Wow, (laughs) you're
0: a rare commodity.
1: (laughs) Like a lot of people, you know, they look at the unemployment rate in millennials, and it's higher than other generations. But that's because a lot of my generation puts a higher importance on education, like a lot of people are going to university, college, secondary school, rather than just going, you know, high school, you get a job and you work that job until you're 65 and then you retire. Like a lot of people in my generation are going to university, but then they're in university and they're switching their majors or what they're into because what they thought they were into when they are 18, they're not into now when they're 20. So they're switching to something else. So they're in school for longer. Yes. Um, and then you're coming out of university, you have this student debt and then trying to find a job within that. Like a lot of my friends that went to university, and college do not work in the industry that they necessarily went to school thinking that they were gonna do. But I think it also makes it harder. Like housing prices are insane right now as compared to you know way back when. Like you're not buying a house for fifty thousand dollars, a hundred thousand dollars. So you're coming out of school and you're you know 23, 24 and Now you have this debt you have to try and pay off. You have to try and find a place to rent, which is expensive on its own while trying to save up, you know, 20, 30, $40,000 to buy a house on top of that. Like, I don't think that has anything to do with laziness and not wanting to own a house. I think that has to do with the hand that we're dealt.
0: What about your job? What is one thing that you feel that is not being recognized enough or appreciated and maybe misunderstood about your, your profession.
1: I feel like it's hard to pick one thing that's misunderstood about us because I think there's a whole lot that's misunderstood about us. Um, I think a lot of people don't know what our capabilities are. I think a lot of people don't know what we actually can do. I don't think a lot of people know what we do in a day today. Like day you can go from having someone run over by a bus right out the chute to your next call is someone that's been sad for a week and doesn't know how to deal with it. To then you're going to a nursing home for a guy that hasn't pooped in five days and now his stomach hurts. Like it, you're constantly changing your way of thinking and how you're dealing with people. And EMS just in general kind of gets used and abused in the healthcare system. We don't really get looked at. And even as like first responders, I think everyone says we're kind of like the redheaded stepchild, like
0: nobody oh really
1: talks about us. No one really knows what we do, but then when they need us, they need us. Like, you know, even a lot of times on the news when you're listening, there'll be, you know, oh, there's a car accident on Deerfoot and fire and police are there. or Fire is doing this. Police was doing this. It's never like we're rarely ever mentioned, but we're always there not enough gratitude
0: recognition
1: <laughs> and gratitudes being given it is a pretty like i don't think anyone gets into any kind of first responder job looking for the gratitude because it really is a thankless job a lot of the time but yeah having like some kind of gratitude and i guess respect is nice the occasional time that you get it <laughs>
0: yes yes If you wanna thank an EMS worker for their dedication and sacrifice, you can go to thankaparamedic.com. It's a website that's been created by the Alberta Health Services, allowing visitors to submit thank you notes to EMS members. Small gesture can have big rewards. And if you think anyone is experiencing mental health distress during this time, you can also reach out and call the 211 which is Alberta only or the mental health helpline at 877 303 2642 and here is something even more amazing to tie in the thank you with meditation and mental wellness called inner engineering and it's from the Isha Foundation now the Isha Foundation was created by Sadhguru Who is Sadhguru, you ask, because I mentioned him earlier. So, he is a yogi and a mystic and a visionary. He was named one of India's 50 most influential people. Sadhguru established the Ishla Foundation, which is a nonprofit, volunteer-run organization, which was established in 1992, the year that Kelsey was born. And the foundation now operates in over 300 centers worldwide. Another wonderful thing that the Ishla Foundation has offered is called Inner Engineering. It is a program, an online course of study, and I've taken this information from their website so I can just share it with their listeners if they want to go to the website. This is off, they offer a comprehensive course for personal growth that brings about a shift in the way you perceive and experience your life, your work, and the world that you live in. Inner Engineering is free. For healthcare workers. This is Sadhguru and Isla Foundation's way of saying thank you, showing gratitude and appreciation for the risks and sacrifices of all healthcare workers, whether in a facility, doctors, nurses or on the front lines, paramedics, EMS, because they recognize that the mindsets of you, the key workers in this important role that you play in society is critical and so your self-care is even more critical so that you can continue to deliver the quality of service that others so badly need in any time, let alone these challenging times. So again, that's Inner Engineering, and you can go to their website, innerengineering.com, and check it out, offerings for healthcare providers. Courses free, wonderful. That's a great way of saying thank you. Love it. Even though it might not be direct.
1: No. Indirect still counts. Indirect still
0: counts as long as the universe is responding to our needs, (laughs) then we can feel rest assured that somebody's got our back. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I do want to go on, though, and ask you some interesting questions. This is what we call the flashcards part of our
1: call.
0: (laughs) First word for you, Kelsey perseverance.
1: Me still going to work every day. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just like finding a way to always move forward. Oh, you know, you can get all this shit handed to you and maybe you get a shit hard dealt, whatever, you know, comparing your situation to others. I think that's probably my, one of my biggest flaws is I will be having a bad time or going through some stuff and I am always like oh well it's not as bad as so-and-so but you have to kind of find your way to figure stuff out and move forward and I don't know like I have a an arrow tattoo on my wrist and it stands for the fact that the only way an arrow can go forward is by being pulled back. So it's to represent all the kind of shitty, crappy stuff that happens to you that seems to want to pull you back. It's meant to give you that momentum to shoot you forward and make you better.
0: I love that. Don't let the shit pull you down.
1: Keep charging
0: (laughs) that sharp end forward. Yeah. (laughs) Next word. Passion.
1: My family, my friends environmental issues human rights issues my relationships stuff that gets my like chest fire going stuff that can kind of make me ramble forever stuff that I can get right worked up about that I'll get into a debate like something that you know is inside me I guess like I just my best description is my inner chest fire I like to call it it just ignites it and gets it going and yeah
0: that rock that you carry oh, up the hillside.
1: Rock.
0: And it's so metaphoric in so many ways that rock. <laughs> I wanted, I just really excited to go back to a part you said earlier. And I, I promised I would go back to the topic of the environment. And you said um, trying to have some hope and doing the small efforts, you know, one piece to this huge puzzle. But you're still passionate about it. You even recognize it, identify the environment is still your passion. There's two amazing women that I want to talk about. One I've had the distinct pleasure of meeting. The other one we've all sort of met in a Hollywood blockbuster movie that (laughs) Julia Roberts played her, and that uh, is Erin Brockovich. Oh yeah. The first one is Dr. Ellen Kelsey, and she's a leader of Hopeful Solutions um, for Environmental for the environmental movement. You can find her at Ellen Kelsey. That's E-L-I-N, ironically, Kelsey. So Mm -hmm. ellenkelsey.org. She's written a book, it's called Hope Matters, why changing the way we think is critical to solving the environmental crisis. She is optimist, so much so she started this movement in 2014, it's called hashtag ocean optimism. It was crowdsource and share successful approaches to ocean conservation. Uh, Her tag actually went viral and more than 95 million shares have been made to date. But her book, Hope Matter, boldly breaks through the narrative of doom and gloom to show us why evidence-based hope and not fear is most powerful tool for change. Dr. Ellen Kelsey shares real-life examples of positive climate news, And she reveals the power of our mindset to shape the reality, the resilience of nature. And you talked about that, just being standing alone in nature and the transformative possibilities of individual and collective action. And the other name I mentioned, of course, um, is Erin Brockovich, because um, she's now written a book. It's called Superman's Not Coming, Our National Water Crisis and What We the People Can Do. Both Aaron and Ellen are believers and promoters of starting small, like you said, Kelsey, local. And but don't wait for big industry or policymakers to decide how you can contribute. We can just make small contributions all over the world and they're already starting to make uh, an impact. Wow, wouldn't it be wonderful to sit down and talk to either one of those in a future podcast? <laughs> But I brought that up specifically because I wanted to fold into this this conversation. Our narrative is that you still have that mindset of sustainability and hope. And here's two women who are trying to say, yes, that is all you need for the mindset. And to get into that right place in the mindset might just take that moment to go inward or to stand in nature on the mountainside and reflect. Yes. So um, we haven't finished flashcards, though. Flashcards yes. always goes off in a tangent, and I take it <laughs> care, But I'm gonna bring it right back. <laughs> the next word. No, we've talked about resilience,
1: tons and tons. Um, but if you were to sum it up in a one word or one sentence definition, resilience, strength, inner toughness, finding a way to constantly bounce back. <laughs> yes. yes. Never seeing or not taking no. I love that. The resilient generation. There you
0: go, folks. She has said mm-hmm. it, bouncing back vulnerability
1: something that I'm not super good at and probably to work at <laughs> I guess letting people see your real inner you yeah I think a lot of people are worried about that because you can be judged for it can't really change who you really are on the inside and letting people into that is a scary thing I definitely am not good at it i don't love it but i'm paying.
0: you're completely vulnerable here on this podcast showing your authenticity and, and letting me share your backstory and who you are and what you do and, and why you do it yeah. all right we love podcasts um clearly you're on one i created one we listen to them we all have our favorites i have mine what is your favorite <laughs>
1: call her daddy. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Why is that?
1: (laughs) It is a raunchy sex podcast. I mostly love it because Alex Cooper who's the one that runs it and anyone that she has on there is just so open and brutally honest and will talk about literally anything and everything that a lot of people in society would be uncomfortable listening to, let alone talking about. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She's also huge about female empowerment and writing your own story and taking charge and getting what you want. And I'm all about that. Okay, we've come to my favorite part, books. Books,
0: what are you reading?
1: I was very lucky this year that one of my friends started a book club. Oh, lucky. So that's actually forced me to read a book a month which is good for me and read stuff that's kind of out of my comfort zone so my favorite book that we read with book club was where the crawdads sing it's by uh, i feel like i might be saying this wrong but Dahlia owens it's kind of like a murder mystery but you follow like this girl fully growing up and kind of the self boondogs and yeah it's pretty interesting I liked it a lot and then another one that I read on my own is called this is going to hurt by Adam Kay. Mm. um he talks about basically writes about his whole residency as a doctor and how he specialized in obstetrics and his whole kind of journey with that and it's actually really interesting it's like really funny at parts and then has a lot of tear jerking parts like it's got got it all
0: I love books (laughs) I gave a shout out of a couple of books on this podcast what's next up on your list of books to read got anything in mind
1: month is American Dirt
0: I just got
1: it today I haven't started it yet but
0: I am writing these down Um, get a little plug in for those books Yeah. And of course, a riveting read for you is the 2020 Deloitte Global Millennial Survey. (laughs) You are the resilient generation. You can download the white paper from their website. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Kelsey, first of all, for agreeing to be on this, not because we are family, but because you, um, you believe in it and you believe in me and we believe us as women at any generation have to be there to believe in each other and support each other. COVID crusaders stories are so important because they're empowering to help other people see the light at the end of the tunnel or validate what they're going through. Uh, We don't get to hear enough of the paramedics and those on the front lines and the work that they do every day. So that was, thank you for being, taking a vulnerable moment. So I've (laughs) shared, we've shared some sage advice so you have shared some really good insights to what it is to be in the resilient generation. Thank you for sharing that.
1: You're welcome, thank you.
0: Millennials and Gen Z's were hit hard with the fallout of the pandemic. Nevertheless, survey findings reveal they continue to remain steadfast in the resolve to reset themselves and their surroundings. Defined as a resilient generation, Deloitte summarizes those who are age 39 and younger are not just hoping for a better world to emerge after the pandemic, they wanna lead the change. Overwhelmed and not sure where to start? In addition to the books I mentioned earlier in this episode, you can find some additional and very handy resources online here are two recommended by Dr. Ellen Kelsey. The Solutions Story Tracker, a curated database of reporting on responses to social problems, and it provides coverage of effective and promising ideas and approaches. You can find them at storytracker.solutionsjournalism.org. The second project drawdown, the world's leading resource for climate solutions, Drawdown refers to the point in the future where levels of greenhouse gases in the atmosphere stop climbing and start to steadily decline. Project Drawdown is a leading resource of information insight about climate solutions. You can find them at drawdown.org. You know, because Millennials and Gen Z's together account for most of the global workforce, their mental health issues present an enormous challenge for employers around the world. Entrepreneurs and organizations looking to redefine their values and rediscover their strengths, start with your employees and ensure their needs are being met. I mentioned it before and I cannot emphasize this enough. If you or someone you care about is struggling with mental and emotional health, reach out and help. No matter where you live in Canada, support is never far away. Visit crisis-services-canada.ca. Call 1-833 four five six four five six six or text four five six four five. I'd like to close this episode with some very astute remarks from the yoga community. To paraphrase Shannon Roach, she's the president and CEO of Yoga Alliance and Yoga Alliance Foundation. Yoga is particularly well designed to help each of us build the courage, empathy, capacity and resilience needed to hold space in a time of transition. So with that in mind, in this new year, please, let's take good care of ourselves and each other, exploring ourselves with the tools that yoga, meditation, and mindfulness provide. Do what we can to help people find and build their capacity to heal rather than wound. Unfacts is a podcast original from Anchor. Each episode is created, recorded, and edited by me, your host, Mary Lee. I am the owner and founder of MGG Communications, Inc. If you have an interesting backstory worth sharing with the world, and believe me, you do, we'd like to hear from you. So get in touch at mggcommunications.ca. At MGG Inc., our business is telling your business. Namaste.